We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcasts. Coming at you Tuesday night after what was just a really fun game at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday night. The Wolves won final score 112 to 110. I normally come on here, you know, particularly after wins, and it's pretty clear or easy to lead with, oh, this was an Anthony Edwards game, or this was a cat game, Velo game or that Jared Vanderbilt was huge in this one, Patrick Beverly energy, whatever. I I feel like the Wolves' previous 21 wins before this one tonight were just kind of defined by individual performances that maybe, you know, had one or two support guys that filled in. But this one tonight against the Knicks felt more like a team win. I, I don't think there was one particular player individually that stood out as the clear cut reason they won. I mean, Ant had 21 points. He was the leading scorer. But 16 of those points came in the first half. He kind of went missing late. Cat had 20, but the Knicks were just so loaded up on him that he couldn't ever really get to one of those dominant stretches. It also wasn't one of his better defensive performances. And then D'Lo, he got in early foul trouble. He did end with 17 points, but only played 25 minutes because of that foul trouble. And wasn't a very good game from Vanderbilt or Beverly. Neither of those guys scored a point in the first half. And even Jalen Noel, who we will talk about, and maybe this will end up being like the, the Jalen Noel podcast game. But he, he was huge in the fourth quarter, but really did only stick out in that stretch and was pretty quiet otherwise. But still, all of that stacked together well enough to put the Wolves in a situation where they just they just needed to execute down the stretch. And unlike so many Wolves teams over the past decade, this Wolves team was able to do that. They executed. Cat said in his post game that these are the type of games that, quote, we've always found a way to lose. And that's true. The difference, though, between those teams is that, and this team, is that they have more of an ability to be kind of malleable with this team. They have versatile players that kind of, tonight, it, it allowed them to survive foul trouble. It provided enough depth by moving things around to be able to like maximize their ability to execute down the stretch, subbing guys in and out for offense, defense, those sort of things. They just also with this team appear to have what is 
just a very competent coaching staff that is able to manage that group. And tonight, that, I thought, led to late-game execution. Here's Chris Finch after tonight's game on what went into closing out this one tonight. And earlier today, you just talked about locking in on and you know closing out games as part of that. Of course, not the way you want to close out a game, but is this part of that, being able to still come out on top from New York tonight? Well, I mean, there's no real like blueprint to closing out games other than guarding, rebounding, and executing. So, um, you know, we, we did a really good job of guarding. We rebounded the ball extremely well uh, down the stretch. We, we matched their physicality, and we made enough plays to be able to do that. And, um, you know, whether it was a key bucket or mostly key stops, that's, that's how you need to close the game. It's interesting to peel that quote apart because specific players and coaching went into all of those things that Finch just said. First, he said, we did a really good job of guarding. Well, what was interesting is who they had on the floor to guard, particularly in the fourth quarter. I mean, Finch rolled with the in the fourth with the starting lineup minus D'Lo plus Jalen Noel for the majority of the end of the game. I mean, we, we all know that D'Lo has been really important in when it comes to defense with this Wolves team, but this opponent made it tricky to put D'Lo in his kind of free safety spot defensively. He normally, his, his main matchup is normally like the least threatening wing of the other team. But tonight, the wing options against the Knicks, all right, RJ Barrett, Reverend Fournier, and neither of them are just like spot up guys in the corner. They're looking to attack. So you'd have to, sh- if Dilo was out there, you'd have to shift him onto then guarding the ball if you didn't want to put him on Barrett or Fournier. But on the ball with the Knicks, that's Kemba Walker, who just runs pick and roll over and over again, looking for those pull-ups. And pick and roll defense is probably Dilo's biggest defensive weakness this year. So in this specific case, this specific game, taking Dilo off the floor for that stretch was helpful for defensive reasons. And normally, like, you, by taking Dilo off, you, you'd think you'd lose offensive you know, juice there, but, but that's where Jalen Noel comes in. He was just rolling offensively during that stretch of the fourth quarter. Finch also said they rebounded extremely well down the stretch of the game, which was also true. None of Mitchell Robinson, Taj Gibson, or Julius Randle, the Knicks bigs, had an offensive rebound in the fourth quarter. That was huge. But this also ties into Jalen Noel because both Robinson and Taj Gibson fouled out in the fourth quarter. And Robinson fouling out is directly attributable to Jalen Noel. There were six and a half minutes left in the game, and Noel made a specific play that I asked him about after the game that contributed to this. Here's Jalen Noel. Jalen, kind of along those lines, a big play in the game seemed to be when you had Mitchell Robinson isolated on you and you attacked him there. I think a lot of guards in that situation opt for the pull-up. Yeah. And you opted to attack him. Uh, what, what goes into that in your, in your mindset? Well, he had five fouls. So my my process was I don't care how much room he gives me I'm going I'm going to attack the rim because um, for me the way I the way I see with anybody guarding me it's either it's either a layup or a bucket or they're gonna foul and that was my mindset I was I was gonna attack his his top foot and um, you know it fouled me and I knew that you know even if the even if I didn't get a foul. Um, just just attacking him right there would kind of have him thinking um he he was he was either gonna it was either gonna be a layup or a foul at the end of the day so they called that foul and um that 
that was a big play. I really wanted to foul him out. So the fact that it worked, blessed. For me, that decision to drive by Noel and fouling out Mitchell Robinson was kind of the play of the game. It, it changed, and it was that because it changed the landscape of, of the rest of the game. You know, I think other people from, from this one are going to point to the highlight of, you know, Cat's big and one on Julius Randle with 30 seconds left in the game. But that play was made possible by Robinson being out of the game. It was Julius Randle on Cat on that play because Robinson couldn't be out there. And, you know, not taking anything away from Cat on that mo- move, like credit to him, that, that was huge. But Jalen Noel set the table for that. Not only by drawing the foul, but by having 11 more fourth quarter points after that. And also by playing good enough defense to make Finch's defensive plan he was talking about effective. It's that exact type of role player in Noel that Cat has been missing pretty much his entire career. You know, even in that playoff season with Butler, the Bulls bench stunk. Jalen Noel is making it so this bench does not stink. For the season, you know, the Wolves bench has not been great, but it but it is getting better. You know, 43 points from the bench tonight, 57 from the bench against Golden State on Sunday. And yes, you know, the reason they lost was the bench against Memphis on last Thursday. The bench only scored 13 points in that one. But they didn't have Jalen Noel in that game. I think we're at the point where Jalen Noel has just kind of become the face of the Wolves bench. And by that bench finding an identity, it really helps to be able to be flexible. And I thought that was just so critical tonight, to be able to find different rotations that worked, even once D'Lo got in foul trouble or Pat Bev got in foul trouble. And so you're making these corrections, and then you're making these recorrections for the previous correction. And I thought Finch handled it really well, but also the players, they didn't really miss a beat. There wasn't, there wasn't like an extended run where you're like, oh man, they're being killed by the fact that they don't have this player in at this time due to foul trouble. And that's so the opposite of what would have happened last year, you know, when Saunders would have to adjust his rotation and lean on his bench. He just didn't have it. And it's really making it, it really makes a difference to have a bench you can lean on there. And it it made a difference tonight. I asked Finch after the game, if this is something that has kind of come together over the course of the season for this team, their ability to kind of plug holes. And here's Finch. Chris, you talked about getting to to play the sub game at the end of the game. Yeah. Obviously, you had, you had foul trouble tonight too. It seemed like your group really handled all of that pretty seamlessly tonight. Is that is the ability to do that something you think has kind of grown over the course of the year, where you can get to different sort of groupings out there and not lose as much? Yeah, I, you know, I think so. We have a lot of versatility with our roster. Um, you know, I think guys have accepted you know, that, um, you know, we can do the offense, defense subs, you know, guys are happy when other players are out there and they're rolling. Like there's not a lot of like, um, you know, complaining or issue with anything when guys are out there and we're making subs and it's either strategic or guys are rolling. So, you know, that's a sign of a good team rooting for your teammates, doing the right thing, uh, understanding what the coaches are trying to do. Um, but yeah, we you know wanted, wanted to maybe try to do it a little bit more, but I didn't want to burn timeouts just to do it. You know, I thought we were in a good groove defending out there. I thought, you know, D'Lo and Jalen were also defending in, into the guts of the game really well. So, um, you know, when that happens, then you you got a lot of options. We've talked a lot recently about reasons that this team can be better in the second half of the season, right? Like we're listening to them off. 
improve the half-court offense, foul less, rebound better. But on the other side of the coin, like the one sort of fear for regression with this team in the second half is that, you know, there's just no way the Wolves starting five could continue to be as good as they were in the first half of the year with their you know, ridiculous plus 50 net rating. I mean, that probably just is not going to happen. I highly doubt the Wolves starting five has a plus 50 net rating in the second half of the season. But a way to compensate for that, you know, expected regression is to get more from your bench. Or better yet, you know, find a way to blend lineups together that work better. And I mean, honestly, that regression from the starting lineup has already started to happen. Since the Wolves got all their guys back from COVID seven games ago, the starting five has actually been outscored while they've shared the floor. And after having that plus 50 net rating pre-COVID, they have a negative 3.8 net rating post-COVID. But at the same time, they've won five of those seven games. That's growth from the others out there when they're out there. And I think when we talk about the second half of the season, like it's pretty important that that's something that will continue. All right, let's take a quick break here and come back with some other specifics from tonight's win. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, we are back discussing the Timberwolves' two-point win over the Knicks at MSG on Tuesday night. One other thing that stood out to me um, in tonight's game was how we sort of got to get a different look at Ant, given the foul trouble that was happening. Like we were saying before, like D'Lo getting in foul trouble sort of scrambled up the rotations completely tonight. And, you know, in a normal situation, Finch has pretty structured rotations that you kind of know what you're going to get every night. And... 
this scramble really changed things most for Anthony Edwards tonight. For the season, I think we all know this, like the player Ant has far and away shared the floor with most is Carl Anthony Towns. But tonight's game, again, D'Lo three fouls in the first quarter, that mixed it all up. Instead of D'Lo being the one to come out and start the second quarter with the second unit, Finch had Ant do that with no cat on the floor. And the same thing happened in the fourth quarter. Everything was scrambled. So now it was both D'Lo and Ant out there to start the fourth quarter with no cat on the floor. And that's something we really rarely see. Ant and D'Lo, but no cat. And I kind of liked it. They, they started the fourth quarter on a 7-0 run with Ant kind of running the show, attacking the basket, and on those attacks, often finding D'Lo on kicks for a spot up or you know a second side action. And it got me just kind of like thinking during the game about Ant's pairings, like specifically how heavy his pairing with Cat has been this year. And I mean, surface level, overall, you just kind of look at the numbers of the Ant and Cat pairing and you're like, oh, they're, they're good. They have a plus 5.9 net rating this year when both Ant and Cat are on the floor together. So what are we worried about? Like, it's it's good that Ant's playing a ton of his minutes with Cat. But at the same time, so much of that positive net rating is due to the minutes that those two, Ant and Cat, share the floor with D'Lo. The net rating when all three are on the floor this season is plus 16, you know, 99th percentile. Awesome. So, like... If Cat, Ant, and D'Lo are awesome when they're all on the floor together, then why is the Cat and Ant pairing only plus 5.9? Well, that's that's pretty easy to deduce. Like, the Wolves get smoked in the minutes this season where Cat and Ant are out, or Cat and Ant are out there, and D'Lo's on the bench. In those minutes, they have a net rating of minus 8.6. The offense takes a step back, and the defense completely craters. It's not like that's a small amount of minutes. Like, because D'Lo is the second unit guy, like, there's a lot of cat cat and ant and no D'Lo minutes. This year, it's 1,160 possessions where all three are on the floor together and 853 possessions of just ant ant and cat. And that's kind of concerning. But then, like I was saying, tonight we got to see some of ant and D'Lo without cat. And I looked it up in those minutes where it's just Ant and D'Lo, the Wolves have a positive 5.2 net rating. The offense isn't great in those minutes, but without Cat, the defense doesn't lose anything. So again, just to contextualize this, minus 8.6 when it's Ant plus Cat, but no D'Lo, and plus 5.2 when it's Ant plus D'Lo, but no Cat. And I don't even know exactly what Finch can do with that. Like, the D'Lo with the second unit thing has kind of been the thing all year, right? But I, it has me wondering if it has to be that. Does it have to be that every night? Is there a way where they can occasionally have Cat be the sub out who is playing with the second unit and then leave Ant and D'Lo out there together more? I mean, in theory, you know, Cat would probably feast on second units, particularly second unit bigs. I don't know. Maybe that throws off people's roles too much. I, I, I don't know the intricacies of all of that well, right? But it's something to think about. But one thing we for sure know is that the cat and ant pairing works way better with D'Lo out there on the floor with them. And when we think about this team, big picture, 
beyond just this year, that's an important factor to consider. D'Lo has been pretty critical to the success of your two franchise tent poles. And just because I have this in front of me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off who Ant has played with most this year because I find it interesting. So Ant's played 1,346 minutes this season, and in those minutes overall, he has a plus 4.9 net rating. 75% of those minutes have been with Cat, plus 5.9. The player he's played with the second most is Jared Vanderbilt, 57% of his minutes, plus 11.5. Third most, D'Lo, 52% of his minutes, plus 13.2. That's his best number. The next most is Patrick Beverly, 47% of his minutes, plus 6.5. Then it's Jade McDaniels for 43% of Ant's minutes, plus 3.4. Then after that, it all becomes negative. It's Malik Beasley, 41% of Ant's minutes, minus 2.3. Nas Reed, 23% of Ant's minutes, minus 4.6 when they're together. Torian Prince, 21% of Ant's minutes, minus 4.2. And Josh Akogi, 14% of Ant's minutes, minus 1.5. So those are the numbers, obviously a ton of context, but to me, it's interesting how it, uh, how it kind of scales so drastically. And also that the, the production doesn't necessarily, you know, mirror the volume of minutes together. All right, let's close this one out with prize picks. I made five picks tonight and went four and one. Uh, the first one I took because it was the first time I'd seen Jalen Noel's name, uh, on a prop was, they set the over-under on Jalen Noel at eight and a half points. I took the over there. Noel finished with 14. Um, I, I think they, they were probably going off of his season averages when setting that line uh, because the only game Noel hasn't scored eight or more points in over the last 15 games now was that one game where he rolled his ankle like 90 seconds into the first quarter. So I would just say hammer that one if they keep it under 10 going forward. Uh, I also took the over on 16 and a half points for D'Lo. He finished tonight with 17, despite only playing 25 minutes with that foul trouble. The, this matchup against New York made him just more of a scorer when he was out there. The Knicks really do a good job of taking away off-ball actions. So in this case, the roll man reads weren't really there for D'Lo. And a lot of those pocket passes, the Knicks really load up on their, you know, when they're tagging rollers and that sort of thing. I, I was tempted to take D'Lo's over on six and a half assists because he really has been passing so well lately, but I'm glad I didn't because I just wasn't there tonight. D'Lo finished with only three assists. So 2-0, and and then I took uh, I took the over on one and a half made threes for Cat. As I've said on here before, my theory on Cat is always, you know, take the over on Cat made threes if it's two or less. I feel like two is pretty much a worst case push, I feel like. And tonight Cat did make two threes, so we got that one right because the prop was one and a half. I also took the over on three and a half made free throws for Julius Randle. Um, I thought Randle was just like bizarrely not physical against the Wolves last time they played them. Jane McDaniels kind of like really shut him down. But uh, Randle did make up for that tonight. Uh, he was much more intentional about being physical, attacking. He got to the free throw line 11 times, made nine of his free throws. So that was 4-0. I was really close to going 5-0, and but uh, Mitchell Robinson made me miss it. I took the over on eight and a half rebounds for Robinson. Robinson had 18 rebounds last time he played the Wolves, but tonight fouled out, only played 20 minutes, only got six rebounds. Overall, four and one on the night, which brings me to 85, 78, and six on the season. 
I am obviously not an expert on this. Clearly, that's my record, barely over 500. But I do feel like picking some of these is getting easier as we kind of get a better idea of this Wolves team. We kind of know what this Wolves team wants to get to in a given matchup. And we kind of know what this Wolves team tends to give up. I probably Those are probably even easier. And if you're feeling that too, give prize picks a try if you haven't already. Like I've been saying, it's a fun little extra thing to track during games. And, and yeah, prize picks, using the app, it makes it like really easy to track live. If you haven't yet downloaded prize picks and want to, make sure you do use the promo code DANE when you sign up. Just my first name. Uh, that code will get you a $100 sign up bonus. And it also helps prize picks know that you came from me. All right. The Wolves are off to Atlanta for a back to back on Wednesday. They're already there by the time you're listening to this. Uh, Atlanta played Milwaukee on Monday in Atlanta, beat the Bucks. Some of you might have watched that on MLK Day. Unfortunately for the Wolves, that means the Hawks will not only be coming off of a big win, but they should have fresh legs that have just kind of been sitting at home for the past two days. I'm going to be impressed if the Wolves are able to pull that one off. Uh, you know, last time the Wolves played the Hawks, they got smacked around pretty good. You might remember the Hawks making 25 threes in that game. I think the glass half full, though, is the Hawks are going to be without both Clint Capella and Boyan Bogdanovich. That'll help. And with no Capella, I think it's going to need to be a big game from Cat if the Wolves are going to get that win. Uh, no, Kamel, no Capella means Cat will be guarded by Gorgie Jang and Anyaka Kangwu. Kangwu is now back for the Hawks. Uh, he played really well guarding Giannis in that Monday game. That'll probably be probably be the main matchup for Cat. Whatever does happen in that Atlanta game, I'll be here to talk to you about it tomorrow night. Uh, that's Wednesday night, and then I'll have Britt join me on Thursday afternoon. We got plenty of wolf stuff to talk about right now. So until then, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I'm Dane. Peace out. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah